Okay, let's get started with this week's double parsha, Bahar Bechukosai, as we end off Sefer Vayikra with Chazak Chazak, as we head towards Kabbalah Torah, Bamidbar is always the week before, the following week, but now we have Bahar Bechukosai, the last two parshias in Sefer Vayikra. Let's start off with a halacha uh, that is connected to the beginning of the parsha. As we know, the parsha Bahar starts off with the halachas of Shemitah and Yovel, which we have discussed the Hashkafa behind Shemitah in past years. Let's focus on one detail, one law of Hilcha Shemitah to start us off uh, that hopefully we will be able to appreciate and get a message out of that we might not have thought about it in the past. So the Torah tells us that we're not allowed to work the land during Shemitah. Shnat Shabbaton Yela Aretz. Shabbos Lashem. Sadachalo Sizra Vachamachalo Sizmar. To leave the field, leave the vineyard to lie fallow. Safiach Ketirchalo Sixar. Now allowed to cut the Svichim. Shnat Shabbaton Yela Aretz. Vichul. Pasik tells us in Pasik Zbav and Zayin that you are allowed to eat Perushvius. Vahaisa Shabbos Aretz Lachem La Achla. One is allowed to eat Perishvius. The, the Ramban even counts this as a separate Mitzvah Aseda Araisa. To eat Shemitah fruit, which Ben Hashem in a couple of years will be Lamaisa. But then the next Pasik. And to the animals in your land, all of them will be able to eat from the food. So what is that adding? You're allowed to eat it. Your animals are allowed to eat it. So Chazal pick up on this and say that there is a connection between our eating it, our eating Shemitah fruit, and animals eating Shemitah fruit. What's the connection? Rashi tells us, What is the connection to Chayas and behemoths and people, for that matter, in the previous Pasuk. If a Chaya can eat it, surely a behemoth. Behemoth is a tame animal that is in your, in your possession. It's comparing the behemoth, which is in your own house, to the Chayos that are out in the wild. What's the connection between the two? As long as there is still this fruit... Out in the fields. Let's say I have we oranges. Let's say I have anything. As long as there are still oranges out in the field, so that the chayas, the wild animals, can eat it, so then ha'achelobad to come in Then I'm allowed to eat it, and my animals are allowed to eat it in the house. But once there are no longer, there's no longer any produce of this specific type in the field. Then then we have to get rid of it from our house as well. This Pasik is alluding to, and this Chazal is telling us, the halacha of Biur Peroshvius. We have to get rid of, we have to be Mevaer. Just like there's Biur Chametz, there is Biur Peroshvius. There comes a point in time, after the year of Shemitah usually, during the year, the following year, and there are charts that one, one who lives in Eretz Yisrael, we have this list, to look at the chart. What is the time period for oranges, for pears, for, for any type of fruit that has Kedusha Shvius? What is the time that one has to do Biur? To get rid of it, to get it out of the house. That's the halacha. What exactly is Biur? What does one have to do? So that itself is a major machlokas. It's very not clear. The Rambam says, well, Biur Chametz is destroying the Chametz. So, beer perishvias must be 
destroying the Shemitah fruit. Up until now, you're allowed to eat it. Now you have to destroy it. Okay, that's the Ramban. The Ramban, who I gave you in source number one, I think we might have touched on this in the past, says no. It's a mitzvah to eat it till now. Now all of a sudden you have to destroy it? In order to destroy it. No, what you have to do is to be mafkir it. I have to make it ownerless. I have to put it in front of my house. Right? Wine. Wine is also a shvita, kedusha shvita. Remember a couple, when we did it a couple of years ago, so everybody put their wine out of the front of their house and they were mafkir it. Because we all like the Ramban. About an hour later, you're allowed to take it back. But it's, it's hefker. The Eino Inyan says the Ramban on line 9. Sheyu aperos achars van habiyur asurin bahana'ah uba'achila. It's not that it becomes usher to eat or drink. And you have to destroy it. No. And at the end of Meseches Temura, where all the items in Halacha are listed, these are all the items that have to be buried. These are all the items that have to be, dis- that have to be burned. Perishmita is not there. It's not one of the items in Halacha that have to be destroyed. Says the Ramban, you don't have to do that. The Eino Elashut Sarech Levara Meirishuso. You have to destroy it from your rishus. And to make them ownerless to the poor, to everybody. Okay, this is the halacha. Those who learned Hilcha Shemitah before are familiar with this halacha, and it's a Rashi. Beor Peros Shemitah. That when the fruit does not exist anymore for the animals, I have to get rid of it. But we might not have ever thought about, even those of us that have known this halacha, what's the message? Why? Okay, there's a concept of having to get rid of Shemitah fruit for some reason. But why is it dependent? Why is it telling on what the animals have out there? If the animals don't have it anymore out there, then I am not allowed to have it in my house. Why? What's the connection between the Chayas and the Behemoth? The Chayas and my eating it. Asks Rebetzion Führer in Panim Chadashos Patora, right, one of his sets of Svarim. Line 7. So what, what, what would be our knee-jerk reaction? Whenever an animal was involved in a mitzvah, usually we think, oh, to teach us Rachmanus. To teach us, you have to have compassion on the animals. Compassion on the animals. We discussed last week, oh, so best to know. Compassion. It's compassion. So if the animals don't have it, oh, how can you be eating it? The animals don't have it in the field. So you can't have it either. Wonderful. The problem is, why only once every seven years? We have compassion on the poor every year. We have compassion on the Kohanim and the Leviim and the Aniyim almost every year. Kohanim every year, Leviim most years, Aniyim. So if it's about compassion on the animal, oh, it's not appropriate. You have it, they don't have it. So why is it only once every seven years? Im Tomar. And it's a message about teaching man. Even if you're not responsible for his food. Why does the Torah only demand that our compassion is awakened once every seven years? We should have every year. Forget Shemitah. Every year, whenever there are no more oranges out in the field, I have to get rid of my oranges. If that's the message. But it's not true. It's only during the Shemitah year we have to get rid of it. So there has to be something deeper here. Says the part of Chadashas. He brings this halacha, this detail that we were never excited about before. He makes it alive. 
and teaches us a message for life and a uniqueness about Yahadus. Says the Param Chadashus, line 20. Ela Iker Gadol Ba'ahatorah Lomar Lanu The message of Biur being dependent on whether it's still available to the Chai is as follows. He Ba'abazel Lishlol Milchemes Hakiyum Hamavusesas Al Koach. It's to teach us that to get something in life, to be deserving of something in life, it's not about how strong you are. It's not about, oh, I'm strong, so Magili, and I deserve it, and I should get something. Ein hakoach makne zechuyos. Just because I'm strong doesn't mean I gain merit. That's not what it's about. That's not what I, the stronger one, with, right, survival of the fittest. That might be in the animal kingdom. But in human, humankind, that's not the message that Hashem wants us to have. Lo kocho v'yecholto shaladam lahaknos l'beso tuo peros. You know why a person deserves something? If they worked for it. If they persevered. If they tried hard. If they put their, their all into something, then If I sweat and I work, then I'm deserving to get it. Oh, it's Yad Shmai, obviously. But Hashem says, you work for it, you can have it. In all of the years of Shemitah, we work the land. And we till, and we plow, and we harvest, and we cut, and we do everything. So we work. Hashem says, okay, Magilacha, you get, the, you get the produce. You get it. During the Shemitah year, we didn't work it. We're getting something for nothing. We're getting something even though we didn't put, put into it this year. Kaddish Baruch Hu says, you shouldn't think that you're any better than the animals out there. They didn't work for it. You didn't work for it. Be it from yours. And especially according to the Ramban, it's not Baltashchis. It's a symbolic hefker. We make it ownerless. So as if we're saying, anybody could have it. Everybody has the same rights to it as me because life's about working and getting results from that work. If I don't work, right? Adam Amel Yulad. If I'm not working hard... So then it's not, it's not Shaykh. I don't have any extra connection to this than anyone else. Let's read his words inside now. Line 23. It's the work that I created these things, that I worked it, that's what gives me the schus. Bailus. Konim. Al yudei avodah ma'amatzim. How do you become a bailer on something? How do you acquire it? Through work. Without creative activity. I'm no better than the animals if I don't work for it. A schus that a person just takes with strength, that's not a merit, that's not a schus. That works against me because it's unethical. Why do I deserve it more than anybody else? And that's why during Shemitah, he says, Everything just comes up by itself. And the fruit, I'm equal. And I cannot take the opportunity to, to be menatzel and to capitalize at the expense of others who also didn't work. I'm, I'm, I'm just like the highest out there in the field. 
and therefore I'm mafkir it to them, at least in a symbolic way, and then afterwards I'll internalize the message. So that gets us started. Be'ur peris shvius. Now we understand what the message is. Life's about working and gaining, not just getting things for free. Okay. Moving right along. Some, a couple of interesting thoughts tonight, but first we have a Dvar Musser from Rav Mordechai Elio. Perech Havav, Yud Base. Says the Torah, when a person observes Yovel, as we know, in Perech, I'm sorry, Havav, we have Shemitah, we have Yovel, we have all the halachas of, um, actually this is already in the beginning of Bechukosai, we have all the details of the laws in Bahar, and then most of the discussion today will be about Bechukosai. We have the brachas at the beginning of Bechukosai. The quantitative Bechukosai majority is the klalos. But we also have the brachas. We can't forget the brachas. Says the Torah, I will place my mishkan amongst you, the Beis HaMikdash. You will not be disgusted to me. I will walk amongst you. And I'll be for you as a God. Rashi implicitly seems to be bothered once you have Pasuk Yud Aleph that Hashem's going to build a base of Migdash and his Nefesh Kaviyachol will not be disgusted with us, meaning his presence will reside there. What's the added dimension of the next Pasuk? I'll go with you. I'll go with you. He's going to have a base of Migdash, the previous Pasuk said. What's the extra v'hisalakti b'sochachem? Says Rashi. Atayel imachem b'ganeden. Ke'echad mikem. Let's focus on what Rashi's saying here. Hashem says, I'll take a teal with you. I'll walk with you in ganeden. Ke'echad mikem. I'll be like one of you. V'lotiyu mizdazim mimeni. You won't be scared of me. It won't be like Arsini, where you're all going to die after each Dibra, and I'm going to have to do Tchesa Mason. No, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be much more relaxed. Right? We're going to walk, we're going to take it to you, it's going to be great, it's going to be amazing. You might think there's not going to be any difference, we're going to be like with a friend. No. It's going to be great, you'll still realize that I'm God. I'm not going to be your best friend. But, do we appreciate what this Rashi is telling us? We appreciate it. Harayon Rashi, source number three. Matim Mato. This Rashi should be more famous. Hashem says, I'm going to go on a teal with you on Ganeda. Efshar Hayalachov. If possible, we would have thought Shashar Hamagiela Amaletora, he etzem Shahusa Beganeden. You know, I might have thought that, you know, what's my schar? I'm going to get to be in Ganeda. In Ganeda, I'll get through the front door. Now that, that's an amazing merit. That's what I would have thought. Rashi's telling us it doesn't end there. It's not just about getting to Gan Eden. Avokan Mosifa HaTorah Dabar Shume We can't even fathom it. The infinite, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bechvodo will walk with us. Lo What other chizik do we need? You do Torah and mitzvahs. We work hard, as we just said. Amelim Batorah connects to the first thought we said. Be your might, be your perishmita. We work hard, we get to walk with Hashem. Imagine a private teal with God. 
That's what it says. We're not even just going to get there. Says the Mordechai Elio, Nitayer la'atzmeinu. Let's think about it. Imagine. Eza hargashas romamus. He litayel b'recho belvayet katzin chashuv. If a certain captain would walk with us. Let's say, let's put it into our terms, let's say the mayor of the city. Mayor of the city. A famous person in the city will walk with you. That's pretty chashuv. He's going to take a walk with you down the main street of the city. Okay. What about if the senator, the whole state, in Chutz Laaretz, the whole state, the senator's going to walk with you. Just you and him. There's only two for every state. Unbelievable. That's even greater. The prime minister, the president, whoever it is, he's going to walk with you in public. Everybody's going to see. Imagine that you're going to be able to talk to him privately. He promises us a private walk. Private walk. Holding our hands. We can't even fathom. But that's the bracha that we're promised. To his halachti b'sochachem. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. And even ants. Efshar lo sif, next page. Novak, what is teal there? Let's realize the even deeper idea here. Af la'achar p'tiraso. Lo yuchal lahagi ala madregasa magavoa shalavos hakadoshim. A person might think that, you know what? I'm never going to be like Avram Yisrael Yaakov. I'm never going to be like Rabbi Kivager. Who am I? Hashem says to all of us, we do what we're supposed to do. We're each going to get our own time. We're each going to get the tiyul. We're going to get to walk with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's a bracha. We have to realize we focus on the klalos in this week's parsha, the tochacha, but we have to realize the amazing bracha that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is promising us as well. Okay. Now let's get to something very, very unique. Torah tells us, now moving on to the Klalos. Pasuk Lamed Aleph in the Klalos. Kodesh has many sets of Klalos here. Rechman Litzlan. And he says in Pasuk Lamed Aleph, V'nasatiyas arechem charba, I will make your cities desolate. V'hashimosi es mikdashechem. And I will make desolate the Beis HaMikdash. Not only the city, but the base of English itself. Vilo ariach bereach michochachem. And I will not smell the sweet smell, the sweet spice, the sweet right, sense of the karbanos. So Hashem will destroy the base of English, will destroy Yerushalayim, he will destroy the base of English, and he says, I won't smell the reach michochach. I'm not going to smell it. Ask the Maral Diskin. Ask the Maral Diskin. I don't understand the Pasuk. Surah number 5. I'm going to destroy the base of Migdash and I'm not going to smell your Karbanos. Well, if there's no base of Migdash, there's for surely no Karbanos. Right? There's not going to be any more Reich Michalach after there's no more base of Migdash. Ask the Maral Diskin. Pshita. Pshita. Kivan she'ain base of Migdash. There's nothing to smell if the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed. So says the Ma'ol. Have two answers to this question. First is the Ma'ol Diskin, one of the greats from the early days of the Yishuv, the early 20th century. Says the Ma'ol Diskin. Ach Amru Chazal, 
Gemara says in Meseches Yuma, Kama meyoshana achar hachorban hayameirichim reach pitamaktores. The ketores, the special 11 spices that were mixed together and burned every day in the base of Migdash, had the most awesome aroma to it. It was the better, better aroma than any smell that we know of in Olam Hazem. Think of the, the greatest smelling bakery you've ever walked into or walked by. Think of the, the most unbelievable Arab Shabbos kitchen that you've walked into. And times that by infinity, the Torahs, they see people used to faint from like, oh my, it used to, they, it, they smelled it in Yericho. It went so far. The Torahs was unbelievable. So the Gemara says that it lasted for centuries after the base of Mikdash was destroyed. And imagine, after the fires, imagine a whole city in flames, what it smells like. But the Torahs still shine through. The Torahs was still strong, says the Gemara. Meyoshana. Hundreds of years later, they still smell the Ketores. So says the Mara Diskin, that's the message of this Pasik. That there will come a time, even, that not only will the base Hamikdash be destroyed, but even the smell of the Ketores won't be there anymore. That's the, and then there be, won't be any remnant. There won't be any reminder of the base Hamikdash. The Yomar Khan there will come a time. Even Won't be any any Won't be any smell. That's one idea. The Nitziv has a different idea. I'm sorry, I mis I miswrote it or mislabeled. It's the Hemikdavar, obviously, not the I wrote a dal instead of a kuf. Okay, it's the Hemikdavar. Says the Nitziv, Valoriak Borek Michochachem, Diafalgav da Hamikta Shumam, even though there was no more base on Migdash, says the Nitziv, Mikomakom, Efshar, the Yishoer Hamizbeach Bimkomo, Ula Hakrivalov. The base on Migdash might be destroyed. But the Mizbeach could still function separate from the Beis HaMikdash. He doesn't quote it, but we know the Rambam Paskins. Makrivin Afabi She'en HaMizbeach Bayez Banoi. The Mizbeach could function separately. There are other problems we can't have the Mizbeach today. Besides the fact that the space is not open. But we're not, we're not Tahar, we're not Bitei Kahuna, we don't know exactly where it's supposed to be. But theoretically, the Mizbeach could exist separate from the Beis HaMikdash. And then he adds... You have to check in the history books. Says the Nitziv, after the Romans destroyed by Yesheni, the Mizbeach did not cease to function at that moment. At least for something. Until Bar Kokhba, until Beitar was destroyed a number of years later. So then, that's when we have Right, that one of the tragedies in Av was Betar. That was the final straw, and the rebellion was put down. Between the interim, after Chorben Bayis, until then, Hayaod Hamizbeach Kayam. There was still a Mizbeach in Yerushalayim. Did they bring Karbanas on it? One. The They gave Karben Pesach. Karben Pesach was Hukrav there. The only one, Kedisa Sanhedrin. 
as the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, it's his way of reading the Gemara in Sanhedrin. So they had Karben Pesach afterwards, but now back to the Pasuk. says the Nitziv, and many Achronim quote this Nitziv. If you look by all other Karbanos, by an Ola, by a Chatos, by Bechar, by other ones, the language of Reach Nichoach is used. All other Karbanos are defined as a pleasant smelling aroma to God. God doesn't smell, he's not physical, but it's defined as Reach Nichoach. There's one Karban that it never says Reach Nichoach by, and that's Karban Pesach. Karban Pesach is a different type of Karban. We've discussed in the past there are other sources. Carbon Pesach is the anti-Avodazara carbon. Right, it was brought Dafka in Mitzrayim to get rid. They brought the god of the, the Egyptians they gave. There's a Havamina in the Medrash that every Gare should bring a carbon Pesach. Whenever he converts, you convert him in Tammuz, bring a carbon Pesach. Where does that come from? A ger? Carbon Pesach? What does that do with gerus? Yes, because Carbon Pesach, there are many proofs and sources that the Meshachach will list them all. We've discussed it in the past years. Carbon Pesach is a different type of carbon. It never says in the Torah, by Carbon Pesach. So says the Nitziv, that's what's meant in the Pasik. I'm going to destroy the Beis Amigdash, Velariach, Berech Nichachachem. There's not going to be any Reach Nichach. Maybe there'll be Karban Pesach, but that's not Reach Nichach. That's not a carbon like other carbonates. Maybe that's the carbon pe- that's the carbon to make sure you don't go to Avodah Zarah, but that's not the positive, Doron, present to God, like other carbonates are. Avorak Psachim Hikrivu, Deloksiv Be Reach Nichach. Masha'enken, Kala Karbonos, Ksiv Reach Nichach. What does that mean? If you look in the footnotes, Kuberman writes in source number seven, Rav Re- 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 Kuberman Sr.'s son, Rav Reach Nichoach Mitzayin Es Hamachut HaShorshit Shal Torah Zakarbanos. Reach Nichoach captures the root of almost all Karbanos. Whatever that means, that Hashem is pleased with the aroma of the Karban, it's not that He needs it, but He's pleased with our actions, that does not, applies by all Karbanos. But Karim Pesach is Yotim and Aklau. It doesn't apply there. And he uses this to explain other questions, right, that the, um, he answers a question on the, on the sheet of the Svarno. Okay, you look in the, in that footnote. But says in the Tzid, that's the shot of our Pasuk. Hashem says, I'm going to destroy the base of Megdash. And I'm not going to give you Reach Nichoach. Meaning, you might still have a Mizbeach, but you're not going to have real hardcore Karbanos. Karban Pesach is a different type of Karban. This idea of the Nitziv is used in a totally different context. We could have used this in a Haggadah but we're going to have it right here. The Amek Bracha of Arya Parmanshik. He died very young. He lived in Eretz Yisrael. B'nei Brach Petach Tikva. The Talmud of the Briskarav, Reb Chaim. So he discusses one line in a very special Bracha. The Bracha that we say at the end of Magir. Asher Ga'alanu. The Ga'alas Avoseinu. So in there... We say, not only thank you for everything that happened, but we say a tefillah at the end of that bracha. What's the tefillah? He quotes it. Source number eight. We, we finish with, Hashem, please, 
Bring us, let us have holidays. Let us have the base Be happy with your avodah. Let us eat from the karbonos, from the zachim, and from the psachim, and from the carbon pesachs. Asher yagia damam, that their blood will come, al kir mizbachacha, on the wall of your mizbeach, l'ratzon. L'ratzon, according to how you want it. What does that line mean? At, we're usually not focusing on it, because it's all the way at the end of the market, we want to get to the mitzvahs already. We're about to do, right, ratzon, motzi, matzah, it's all the way at the end. But what does it mean? What are we davening for? Hashem, please bring us back to the Mesa Mikdash so we can sacrifice Karbanos. So the Karbanos, that the blood will be sprinkled on the Mizbeach Loratzon. What does that phrase mean? And we explain also Menapsachim. What? Psachim are in Zvachim? Zvachim include all Karbanos. What's the first Mesach in Kachim? Zvachim. Right? All Karbanos are included in the category called Zvachim. So he says, Venira Bazeb. He says, according to what I heard in the name of the Nitziv. Maybe he didn't have a Hemagdavar. Right? He says, I heard in the name of the Nitziv. Mivalajan. Leva'er. And to quote, he quotes the Medrash. Shalachar Khurban Amigdash Ar Khurban Beitar Hikrivu Yisrael Karban Pesach Mirushalayim. The Makam Amigdash. He quotes the Medrash. He says it's based on a Medrash. That between Khurban Bayashani and Beitar, they gave Karban Pesach. Why did they only bring carbon Pesach on the Mizbeach and not other Karbanos? So he explains exactly what the Nitziv explained. That in order for a complete carbon to be brought on a Mizbeach, with Reach Nichach, that you need a Mikdash. But at least you can have carbon Pesach without it. And that's why only carbon Pesach was brought. Okay, that was the Nitziv. And he explains, as we've said, go to the next paragraph. The Tamadavar, Masha Karman Pesach, shining Michalak Karbanos, to Lotzarak Reach Michalak. Why? So he explains, based on all the sources. It's anti Avodazara, right? It's, it's uh, connected to Emuna. Good. What does that have to do with us? Turn the page for a minute. Says the Amek Bracha, maybe this idea that it says helps us understand the Bracha by Shargalan. Because when we're davening, we don't just want the ability to bring a current Pesach. Hashem, help us bring a current Pesach, because Hashem could give us that without a Pesach Mikdash. I'll give you a Mizbeach, that's fine. No, we don't just want that. That's not what we're davening for at the Seder. What are we davening for? Minazvachim uminapsachim. We want other Karbanos also, not just the current Pesach. And even the current Pesach, what do we want? So we could sprinkle on the Mizbeach Lerotso. What does that mean? The ultimate way of bringing Karban Pesach. And that's on the Mizbeach with the Beis HaMegdash. So there could be Reach Nichoach. There could be all the elements of Karbanos. And he says, that's the Pshat on the left side. That's what we say. Not like those. No. We want the Zachim and the Psachim. They'll be Laratzon along with the other Karbanos that are Reachni Chalach. Again, a word that we never thought about. And a Pasik in the Tochacha. 
that the Nitziv opens up worlds in our understanding, our historical, to realize they had the, according to the Majlis, according to the Nitziv, they gave Karim Pesach all those years after the base of Migdash was destroyed. Rabbi Akiva, right? Rabbi Akiva, that the stay there in the in the in the Haggadah. Now it, make, it becomes even more alive, right? We, many talk about that Rabbi Akiva. They went to Rabbi Akiva to get chizuk. He was always the positive one, but now even more so. It could be they gave Carmen Pesach the year before, not just a hundred years ago, not just they were depressed because Bar Kokhba was put down, but they might have given Carmen Pesach up until that year. And now they have to go to Bnei Brak to get chizuk from Rabbi Akiva. Okay, moving right along. Okay. Chavav Tesvav. Go back a couple of psukim. The entire Tochacha is not just a whole bunch of curses in a row. Hashem keeps giving a set of curses, right, forecasting them, and then he says, and if you don't listen, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And if you still don't listen, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. It's not just one jump. And if you go as act as a stranger to me, no, the previous Pasuk, if you still don't listen, and then I'm going to do this to you. Hashem keeps giving us messages, and we don't pick up on it. We don't pick up on all these messages. So I mentioned something a number of years ago, but I just wanted to add one source to it. Chavetz Chaim. So you can check the notes. Three years ago I mentioned this Chavetz Chaim, but now we're going to add one connected. Oh, don't have to get me on it. Okay, Chazar is also good. Today's Dafyomi in Erevin says we have to Chazar. So here we go. Says the Chavetz Chaim. You know what the messages of all these Psukim? And if you still don't listen, if you still don't listen, because sometimes we have this attitude. Sometimes, even when we're getting screamed at, and even when Hashem is trying to talk to us, just it just just slides off of us. Doesn't apply to me. Doesn't apply to me. Tochacha, Musr? No, I'm not interested. Not interested. I'm 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 good. There are some people out there, says the Chafetz Chaim, that are scared. They're scared to hear it. Whether they're scared to hear it because they don't want to hear it, it's going to hurt them. Their ego is going to be affected. Or they don't want to hear it because they don't want it to apply to them. They'd rather be shogagin. But some people are scared. And some people might even walk out during the tochacha. Uh, it's, it's, too, it's too too rough. I can't listen. The yeshdan kehilos. And some even have the minog. We know the Tochacha is read a little quicker. It's read a little quieter. But it can't be read that nobody hears it. That misses the point. It's very, it's difficult. It's terrible. But we have to hear it. It's just that the Balkari has to start extra loud so that when he gets to the Tochacha, he's plain loud. That's it. We have to hear it. And if he goes so fast that nobody can understand it, that's also wrong. Says the Chavetz Chaim. In many shuls, <laughs> it's too low. You know what this is like? You know, if we walk out, oh yeah, let him do it low, and no, I don't want to hear it. It's similar. Somebody is warned, don't go on that derech. There's a lot of thorns and thistles. There's wild animals going down that path. But the guy didn't want to listen. No, I'm going to go there. I'm, not, I'm closing my ears. I don't hear. I don't hear. He doesn't listen to the warnings. 
What's he doing? He's going to get hurt. He's going to get thorns. No, you know what? I'm going to close my eyes so I don't see the thorns. So I don't see the animals. He's a fool. They're there. So that you don't see them. You're covering, you're covering your eyes? So you're walking blind into the area? No. It's Adaraba. It's even more dangerous. You don't listen to the warnings. It's even more dangerous. It's the same thing. If our, if our leaders, if our teachers try to tell us, I need help in this area, help, help in that area. Our knee-jerk reaction is, who is he? Who is she to tell me what to do? Are they, are they my parents? We even say it to our parents. But are, are, they, are they my teacher? Are they my parents? It's like we have such... The mitzvah of giving tochacha in both directions. We're so scared of giving tochacha, and that is, it has to be done in, a, in an appropriate fashion. Obviously, we've spoken about that in the past in Sefer Vayikra, in years past, but also getting it. Says the Chavaz Chaim, we have to become people who will listen and who will try to grow. The smak in Source 11 counts this as a separate mitzvah's losase daraisa. There's a separate mitzvah. Sorry, right. A separate mitzvah's asay. I'm sorry. What's the mitzvah's asay? The smak. Sefer mitzvah's katan. What are the Rishonim? In his 613, he points out that the Rambam and the Sman do not count this mitzvah, but I do. Which mitzvah? Lamul Arla slave. To circumcise the Arla on my heart. To uncover the layers on my heart. That is a mitzvah asay daraisa. Shenemar umaltem as Arla slavavchem. Pirish le'ehov es atochachos v'le'ehov mishe yochichenu. To love to hear it and to love the one that's giving it. Right? It can be both. I can say, okay, you're right, but who are you to tell me that? Right? It's both. That's part of a mitzvah say To circumcise our hearts, to get rid of the covers of our hearts. The Arla slave. Rav Moshe has an amazing shuvah. I didn't give it to you this time. Maybe in the past I had. Somebody told Rav Moshe. Somebody wrote to Rav Moshe. Are you allowed to draw? I know Rav Moshe... You know, you're, you drive to yeshiva for mincha on Erev Shabbos after your wife lights candles. I don't know how, how, how right that is. He wrote this question. You read the question. He wrote this to the Gadol Adar. You know, I don't know how great that is that, that you know what, you're driving to shul after candle lighting. You know, it's not such a great uh, thing that you do. After Ramosha writes back at Shufa, he says, thank you so much for your comments. But let me explain to you. When my wife lights candles, I'm not a Kabbalah Shabbos. And he goes through the whole halachic discussion. It's Tosef Shabbos, and it's automatic for the woman and not for the man, and the man still has a number of minutes. And he writes this whole halachic discussion. But then in the last three lines of the tshuva, that's Rav Moshe. In the last three lines of the tshuva, Rav Moshe says, but because you pointed it out to me, and because you know people think it's wrong, and you gave me that musr, I'm going to be macabre on myself not to drive anymore if my wife lights candles. Right? Yiditcha and, you know, your beloved one, Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein! He took Moser from a head yoke. Everybody in the generation was a head yoke compared to Rav Moshe. So everyone, sure it was a big rub. But he took it and he wasn't upset and he changed his behavior based on it. Rav Moshe was Mekayim. Lamul Arla Slave! He circumcised his heart. He took off the layers, the thick, hard layers on the heart. Says the Chavetz Chaim, that's all these psukim. In the Tochacha, Shlomo HaMelech tells us, 
We have to be open to it. We have to realize, again, giving tochach is also a, a science, and the Gemara says in one place that nobody knows how to give proper tochach of But at least when, I've, when we're on the receiving end, let's try not to take it personally. At least, we should take it personally, but not personally against the other person. But we should take it personally to improve ourselves. This person is just a shliach of Hashem. And hopefully let it affect us. Okay. Moving right along. Towards the end of the Tochachan. Pasig Membeis. Says Hashem, in the middle of the Tochacha, towards the end, Vizacharti Esbrisi Yaakov, Vyaf Esbrisi Yitzchak, Vyaf Esbrisi Avraham, Eskar, Ba'aret Eskar. I'm going to remember the bris of Yaakov, Yitzchak, and Avraham, and Eretz Yisrael. So in the past, we've spoken about what's the bris of Eretz Yisrael. But let's tonight focus on Rashi. Most of what we said tonight starts with Rashi. There are two Rashis. We're going to have one comment on each of the Rashis, respectively. We're going to do the second one first. Says Rashi. V'zachayat Yisbisi Yaakov. Right? Famous question, famous Rashi. Why the Abba's written backwards here? I remember the bris of Yaakov, Yitzchak, and Avraham. Lama nimnu achoranis. Klomar, says Rashi, in the name of Chazal, Kedai hu Yaakov hakotam l'kach. Yaakov is the small, the youngest, the smallest shevet. Oh, his chus is enough. It's Kedai. Vim eno Kedai, if his chus isn't strong enough, it's not Kedai to save the Am Yisrael. How are Yitzchak imo? Meaning Hashem, I should have started with this, Hashem is giving us a little, a little hope in the middle of the Tochacha. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. In the schus of Yaakov. And if that's not enough, in the schus of Yitzchak. And if that's not enough, Hare Avraham Imoshu Kedai. Avraham. Avraham. So Yaakov, Yitzchak, and Avraham. Asks the Nesivas, Rabbi Yaakov Milisa, in his commentary on Chumash, Nachlas Yaakov. Isn't Yaakov the Bechir Havos? He's the chosen one. He's Teferes. He has, he had, the, he had perfect Shifteka. If Yaakov's not enough, I got Yitzchak. If Yitzchak's not enough, it should be the opposite order. Yaakov is the most Chuyos. Right? Yaakov is us. Yaakov's the Jew in Gaulus. So what, what does it mean? If Yaakov's not Kedai, if Yitzchak's not Kedai, so says the Nesivas, no. The Chazal are referring to a specific aspect of their life. It's not referring to general. Yes, Yaakov is the Bechir Ha'avos. But the Rashi is referring to a specific aspect of their life. Their Mesiris Nefesh. What was the specific Mesiris Nefesh regarding each Av? Yaakov Avinu, as we said, was Golos. Yitzchak Avinu, Srefa. He was Moser Nefesh to give his life... I'm sorry, he, not Srefa, Hereg. Right? To get his, his head chopped off. He put his neck out. And Yaakov Avinu, Avram Avinu got thrown into the Kivshanaish. So says the Nesivas, that's what's being referred to here. If the Amis don't need to be saved in the schus of Yaakov who went into Golos for Bnei Yisrael. And if the schus of Golos is not enough, then Hereg, which is one of the more lenient Mises Bezdin, should be enough what Yitzchak was ready for. And if that's not enough, Avram Avinu did Shreifa, which is the second most Chamor of the Mises Bezdin. Okay, nobody was Skila. But they all went through, it was their Mesiris Nefesh that's being referred to here, and therefore the order is perfect. Because it goes from Golos to Hereg to, to Saif and then to 
and then to Sreifa. Stephanach was Yaakov's comment on the second Rashi. But now let's go back to the first Rashi. First Rashi tells us that if you look at the Pasuk closely, Yaakov in this Pasuk is spelled Male, with a Vav. Very unusual. Yaakov is hardly ever spelled with a Vav. Says Rashi, there are five places where Yaakov's name is spelled with a vav. Male. The Eliyahu Chaser. And there are five places in Navi where Eliyahu's name is spelled without a vav. Eliyahu is usually spelled Eliyahu Navi, so you just spell with a vav. Five places where he's spelled without a vav. Yaakov has five with. Unusual, Elio is five without, unusual. There's a connection. Yaakov natal os mishmoshel Eliyahu eravon. Yaakov, metaphorically, took a letter from Elio's name as a mashkon, as a guarantee. Yaakov Avinu's children went into Galus. Right? Up until the Geula Hasida, Yaakov's like, I'm taking something from you until you come back and tell us. Call Mavaser, Mavaser Vyomer. Eliyahu Navi is going to come the day before Mashiach. Sheyavo Vyavaser Gulas Banav. Tell me what is happening already. I'm, ta- I'm not giving this back to you. So Yaakov got five extra vows. Why five? Rashi doesn't explain. Got to look at the Mepharshim on Rashi. But Yaakov Inu took something in order for Eliyahu to make sure that he comes. He took a mashkon, took an Erevo. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, in his comments on this Pasuk, says... That, of course, Chazal or Chazal, but I have Pashapshat. Pashapshat, at least explaining why Eliyahu in those five places are spelled without a vav. Why? Let's hear Yaakov in source 13. Line 4. And Rabbi Yaakov was a Bucky Niflin Tanakh. It's clear from his writings. Bucky Niflin Tanakh. If you look closely, most, four out of five of the times that Elio is spelled Chaser Vav, they're all clustered together, right at the beginning of Malachim Beis. They're all right there. All right there in the beginning of Malachim Beis. What's happening at the beginning of Malachim Beis? That's when Eliyahu is transferring leadership to his Talmud Elisha. That's what happened. It happens. And in Perak Bay's there. That's what he talks about. It happens the uh, where you're going. Elio takes his Aderet and he, he passes it on and then he goes up, right? Chariots of fire right here, right? Avi, Avi, where are you going? But Elio and Avi right here is taking leave and Elisha is taking over. Keep that in mind. But that's where Elio fell without a vav four times. Without the vav. Why? Says Rabbi Yaakov. It says in Pirkei Avos. First Mishnah. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misina. Sar Ali Yeshua. Yeshua Zakenim. Zakenim Lunavim. Vihine. Mihem Hazakenim. Shinim Sar Torah Al Yedehem. Who are these Zakenim? We know Moshe, Yeshua, and we know Nevi'im. Who is between Yeshua and the Zakenim? Well, we could have guessed. Who was there? Which time period? But it says that in the Avos Rebbe, <coughs> Rebbe Nasan and other sources, 
Yoshua, Zekenim, Atniel, Ehud, Shamgar, Dvora, Gidon, Avimelech, Tola, Yarg. The Shoftim. The Zekenim were the Shoftim. The Shoftim were not only the political leaders, the strong men, but they were also the Zekenim. They were the passers of Torah, the transmitters of Torah. That's what they had to be. Not every Shofit did such a great job. Not every Shofit was a real Zakin, a real leader in Torah. But that's what it was meant to be. There was one person who was the leader at the time, Yeshua ben Nun. Yeshua was, before. Yeshua was the political leader. He was the leader on the, on the battlefield and he was also the teacher of Torah. Haray, skipping down to where it's underlined, there's a Canaan with a Shoftim. And during that period of time, there was one leader, both realms, and this took place until there was a Melech. Once there was a Melech, explains Rabbi Yaakov, then there was a split. The king was the political leader, and there was always, even though there were many Nevi'im, there was one Navi Hador in every generation. In David's generation, in, in the Shlomo's generation, says Rabbi Yaakov. On the bottom. And he quotes many sources that talk about it. There was, mu- there was a lot of Nevoah. There were a lot of groups of Nevi'im. Still, there was a Navi'a Uma. There was the prophet of the nation. Right? Super prophet. Right? In every generation. There was, even though there were many, but there was one designated prophet that the king always dealt with. In the times of David Amalek, it was Nasan Navi, right? In the times of later on, right, you have others. Uh, but this was what happened. In times of Shaul Hamalek, it was Shmuel Hanavi. Says Rabbi Yaakov now that if you look in Tosvis and Mesechas Baba when they quote a certain Yichus of names, Elio is spelled without a Vav there. Ulafizeh says Rabbi Yaakov now. Alpipshat. He's giving a reason. Remember Alpipshat why the Bav is left out. He says if you look in Tosas Bamatsiya when it's quoting Yichus, it's quoting a family tree, it quotes Elio without the Vav. You know what I think, says Rabbi Yaakov? His real name was Elio without a Vav. That was his real name. Maybe it was Eli who? However you pronounced it. But it was Elio without a Vav. When he became the leader. The Navi Hador, he got an extra Vav added. Just like Yoshua got an extra Yud added. When he took over, sometimes names are changed a little bit or altered when you become the leader. He became Eliyahu. But as he's passing the torch on to his Talmud Elisha, he goes back to being Elio without the Vav. He's going back to what, what Rebekah called the Shema Risasto, the name of his crib. right? The name that he always had originally. So yes, says Rabbi Yaakov, I understand what Chazal say, took the Eravon, but why Dafka there at the beginning of Malachim Beis? Because that's where Elio is stepping off the scene, the stage of history, and he's going back to being an individual, and in that way we understand why it's dealt without a vav. Okay, two more points for the evening. First, now let's go after the Tochacha. After the Tochacha. Perachav Zion. We have a number of mitzvot all the way at the end of Sefer Vayikra. The last one being Meister Behema. 
Meister Behema, the tenth animal that goes through the gate has to be given to as a carbon. Meister Behema. Right, we bring it to the base of Megdash. Ha-Siri, Yekodesh Lashem. We discussed a couple of years ago, Rav Palm, why can't you just take 10%? Why do you have to go through? One, two, three, four. But, says the Pasik, What's the message of Meiser Behema? So, as I've said, we discussed in the past, but let's do the Sefer Achinuch this year, and a story related. Let's first do the story, and then we'll see the Sefer Achinuch. Surah 17, the story is told that there was a certain Jew in 1945, in the middle of, towards the end of the Second World War. Hayamatzav Kalkali, the financial elements of Eretz Yisrael, was very difficult. Yehudim, right, Jews, right, didn't have anything to eat. And a Jew came from Tel Aviv to speak to the Imre Emes in Yerushalayim, and says, what should I do? I have a child, he's in yeshiva, and he should be in yeshiva, he's at the age, but Parnassah is dachuk, and I don't know what to do. I'm out working, the whole family's out working, he's the only one in yeshiva, the only one. Should I take him out of yeshiva? Should I have him work too? We have no food. The Imre Emes answered four words. Line seven. New chinuch meiser behema. I had no idea what he was talking about. He says, he goes outside, he asks his son, the base Yisrael, he says, what's, what's he talking about? I asked him, should my son go to Yeshiva? He says, Chinuch Meister Behema. What is that? I'm the, I should be Mechanich, my son with Meister Behema. I don't have any animals. So he says, no. He wants you to look at the Sefer HaChinuch on the mitzvah of Meister Behema. What does the Sefer HaChinuch say there? Meister Behema is an animal we have to bring to Yerushalayim and we have to bring it as a carbon. What? That means every year. We have to, somebody has to schlep to Yerushalayim. Explains the Chinuch. Yerushalayim, the Torah describes, is a place of inspiration. It's a place where we recognize our what we need as a focus in life. It's where we remember our value system and hierarchies. We get our life back in order when we're at Olaregel, when we're in Yerushalayim. Says the Chinuch, there should be at least one person in every family that's inspired, that's learned, that could bring Torah, uh, hopefully everybody. But Meister Behema makes sure there's at least one person per family. Everybody has animals. So everybody's got to go to Yushalayim. Somebody's got to go to Yushalayim. They'll get inspired. They'll come back. They'll, they'll affect their family. V'lachain, behealos, kol ish, Meister, kol bakar vatzon, shalo, shana, shana, v'makam sh'esek ha'chachma v'atarasham, v'hi Yerushalayim, sh'esham ha'sanhedrin, you see the Sanhedrin, you see everything. Everybody will learn from him. That's the message of Meiser Behema. So at least in every household, there's somebody that's inspired. Hopefully, the whole family will be inspired, but at least somebody. So now we understood what he said. We're all working. There should be one kid in yeshiva, at least. One boy. And he says, Kachavit, doesn't say who it was, but he was nefach to a God of Torah, Yerei Shemayim, Bechasitis. Beautiful. Okay, let's just end off with one thought, which is really on a Pasik at the end of Parsha's Bahar. I just wanted to end with this, and we'll see the Pasik in a minute. See the Pasik in a minute. It's on the last Pasik in Parsha's Bahar. Story is as follows. A couple comes to a Rebbe, to a Rav. They're having some Shalom bias issues. Shalom bias issues. And they go to the Rav, you know, we need some help. 
And the Rav says, you know, he has to go to the four husbands. When, when did it start? So the, the, the husband says, I'm really sorry to say, but you know what? It started in the Yichud room. The Rav's like, what? It started in the Yichud room? Like, what happened in the Yichud room? It started. He says, I'll tell you. He says, I'm embarrassed to say, but we get to the Yichud room, and we're talking, and all of a sudden, my wife's cell phone goes off. Cell phone goes off. And not only that, she answers it. And not only does she answer me, she starts talking. She speaks to her. It was her best friend, okay, but she speaks to her best friend for a couple of minutes. Since then already, it's crazy. In the Yichud room. The rough turns to the wife and says, is it true? She says, yes, it's true, but let me explain. It was my best friend. She had been in an accident two days before. She was in the hospital. I was making her feel good. It was, it was you know, it's, you know, I was doing it. That was, you know, I wanted to make her... Turns back to the husband, did you know that? He says, yes, I knew that. But it's still the Yichud room. It's still inappropriate. Talk to your friend beforehand, afterwards. Not now. We all walk into davening three times a day. We walk in on Shabbos. We have Yichud with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're Mesiachid with him. It's just us. Baruch Atah Hashem. And the cell phone goes off. Even if it's on vibrate, then nobody hears it. Kodesh Baruch Hu, we're having yichud with him. We can have the greatest excuse. I'm involved in a mitzvah. Sarachet Sibor. You have to get the answer now. My wife has to know when I'm going to be home. This. Oh, if I don't get to school. I tried to call him four times already. He's finally returning my call. We can have all the excuses in the book. But it's the yichud room. And when it's the yichud room, there's nobody else in the world besides the other person in the room. We're having yichud with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah tells us the last pasuk in Bahar, Eshab Sosai Tishmaru Umikdashi Tiro. We have to be in awe of the Beis Hamikdash. The Sefer Yireim in the last source, one of the great Rishonim, a Talmud of Rabbeinu Tam, holds that part of the Mitzvah Asay Doraisa is Mora Beis Hakneses, not just Mora Mikdash. It's not just a rabbinic Zecher. It's Doraisa. The Ramam also says this in one place. Connecting Beis HaKnesset to Beis HaMikdash on the Daraisa level, not just the Mikdash Ma'at. So let us all remember, not just in terms of cell phones, but in terms of everything. When we go into a shul, when we go into a tefillah, we're having Yichud with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's nobody else there. Nobody else there. There's no excuse in the book, unless it's Mamish and Emergency Bikuach Nefesh. There's no excuse in the book that should distract us, that should take us away from our connection to HaKadosh Baruch at that moment. Hashem, we should the more we do, the easier it would get for us. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, next week, we'll pick up with the fourth Sefer of God's autobiography, Sefer Bamidbar.